heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. There was one team who stole the show in the draft, and who better to talk to than from Roger Sportsnet, noted Browns super fan, probably the biggest Browns fan outside of Cleveland that I know, Andy McNamara. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast, my friend. Oh, thank you very much. Yes, I would say that is that is safe to say. I am obsessed with the Browns, the city. Uh, it seemed like everything went terrific. Uh, I thought I, like in Cleveland for the draft, you had the macho fan, yeah, like stealing the show in the second round, Machine Gun Kelly out on stage and just predicting Super Bowl. It was awesome. It was really, really cool uh, to see all that. Wish I could have been there, but it was, uh, it, by all accounts, it was executed excellently. The event and then the Browns draft picks as well. So uh, on paper, a big success all around. Yeah, because Newsom one came off the board in the first round. I'm like, all right, that's a good pick. But then as this day yeah. two is going on, and then 52 comes, and you guys pick Jeremiah Ouso koromoa oh. Someone in my first mock draft, I had going to the Cleveland Browns, and then I had actually going 19. So for him to fall to 52, we learned it was a medical condition. But you know what? If there was a person who drafted well, like it was Andrew Barry, like his, his yeah. dad strength just came out of nowhere. <laughs> yes, it was total. The, his wife had the and he, he was at his wife's side day of the draft. Baby comes out and just total dad strength. You're right. And, and yeah, it was a heart condition that seemed to be misdiagnosed and he's fully cleared. So it seemed to be a non issue. And the Browns took full advantage. You got one of, if not the most diverse weapon on defense, maybe in this whole draft. Not the best pure linebacker, not the best pure corner, but, but a guy that you could move around. He can be in the box safety, he can play nickel, linebacker. He's a weapon, and that's what you want from this defense. A chess piece you can move around quick, fast. And why do you need that? Because you need to cover and hunt down the Lamar Jacksons, the Patrick Mahomes, all that, uh, Josh Allens. And get that done. So that was a that was probably to me the best value of anybody in the draft to get that guy plus your top corner. Tremendous. Exactly. <clears throat> like you're you're 100 right. And also the one thing about JOK is he's a three down linebacker, so you can like you yep. said you can play him anywhere too. But he's going to be a guy that's going to fit in perfectly with that Joel Woods the like Seattle scheme because we all know mm-hmm. what he runs. Uh, even too since you were last, I'm trying to remember if Jadavion Clowney signed before or after your last time, but. Even still, you got a guy on your defensive line who I'm sorry, Miles Garrett is not human. No, I saw a workout video of him today. Right, I'm just like, right. Oh, man, the, the, oh. between that, the basketball and the the draft video of him just like hulking out of that like sweater that he was wearing. I'm oh. just like, man, Joe, yes. Joe Woods has got some toys to work with. Uh, Miles Garrett is the freak of freaks when it comes to physicality. From the the box jumps to that. Whatever that core strength was. Like, I did a workout today. I was like, I'm feeling pretty good. And then I saw that. I'm like, oh, stop. I'm just eating a donut. You're not catching that guy. Like, just an absolute monster. And what's been tremendous for in Miles Garrett's career so far is he's had success being double teamed. 
now you got your Davian Clowney, and one of the knocks on him is he's been double teamed. So if he's freed up a bit, does that finally bring out some of the potential he has? I don't know. What I like, though, is you have him and Tack McKinley in one-year prove-it deals, in scenarios where they need the Browns more than the Browns need them. If they want big contracts somewhere else, you got to ball out. So that is just great news. You have the veteran pieces, the Joe Johnsons at safety, the Troy Hill at corner, to mix in with this youth. Then you get the returning Grant Delpit, who was the Browns' second-round pick last year, who had the torn Achilles. He's coming back. Greedy Williams from the nerve damage in his shoulder. So all of a sudden, you're getting the, some veterans who need to prove it and have done it in various times in their career with youth. And you add in that influx. And we've just talked about the first two picks. Like Newsom could start day one. And I just can't wait for JOK to see where he fits in. With Joe Woods, who runs that 425, but that's just the baseline. You can put him in out all over the place. Like this is this is exciting. As as exciting as the offense is, this defense now, uh, a lot of pressures on Joe Woods to make this work because he's he's got all the toys. Exactly. And even the other pick I like to hear, just looking at the board, was uh, in the fourth round, 132, uh, Tommy Togiagi, besides Christian mm. Barmore, one of the more better defensive tackles in this draft, just because obviously this was a very weak defensive uh, defensive tackle draft. And even to someone like getting Richard LeCount late in the fifth round from Georgia, like they made sure, you know what, they're going to have that experience of, hey, guys were betting on themselves, but also to the youth that you can develop to, you know what, come in and play when needed, like those plug-and-play guys. Oh, yeah. LeCount is... Uh super fast i think that's one of the themes fast and aggressive in this draft class and you look at all the picks on defense greg newsom aggressive fat and and for jok sometimes almost too aggressive but i would much rather have guys who are too aggressive that you can try to dial back because you can dial it back if you don't have that in you though to begin with you can't teach it you gotta have it so you look at uh the the newsom the jok the lacante it's it's all right there. And even Tony Fields, the linebacker, is a nice rotational piece. Probably going to start on special teams. But speed. And that's, that's where it really comes in. And then uh, Togiai is, uh, uh, from Ohio State is somebody where you can work in on the rotation. they got about four defensive tackles. You keep people fresh. And you keep it going. So, and that's just the defensive side. So, yeah, you got a lot of nice pieces there that you can work in in various degrees. We know injuries happen, and you can probably feel confident if they hit the ground running in training camp that you can have guys who can step in. Yeah, and even too, I like the Anthony Schwartz pickup for have someone in the, like, even to add in here, just to attach a few balls here and there, but also too to return punts, return kicks, and even to the Hudson, the tackle out of Cincinnati, just to do. You know what add depth and rotation in there because Cleveland's got one of the better offensive lines in the league and linemen and uh, Wyatt Davis. Oh so, yeah, it was for. For when you look at that offensive line, Wyatt Teller's a beast. He's going to be oh, in line for a new contract. State guy. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I know who you meant. Um, and you got Petonio. But last year, they got a little dinged up and it got a little thin. So now what you have is you had this big, massive tackle. I think he's like 6'5 and 300 and change Hudson. That's what you need for the depth, right? You need that. And so... When you add that with the speed, and I love that Anthony Schwartz pick. I'll be honest, I didn't know too much about him coming in. But reading about him, watching tape, this guy, what jumps out to people is he's super fast. 
he set like the high school hundred meter dash world like record for high school students or something in the states. He's won international medals. So you think, okay, he's really fast. Can he catch the ball? The answer is yes, and he can run routes. This is a football player. This isn't a gimmick. This isn't a guy who's just like he can go really fast, but he's going to drop it if it comes to him. This is a football player who wants to ball out. He wants to be a star. He actually, I read today. Before the draft, he was training with Jarvis Landry, funny enough. And that, you you bring him in, who's a better player teacher than Jarvis Landry to teach the accountability? So for me, I don't know how much we'll see out of Schwartz this year, but I eventually see Browns cannot keep carrying both the contracts of Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. And if it was up to me, it would be Odell who would be the one out. No offense to Odell, we love him. But you can't pay everybody, and he's the guy who's going to be out. The Browns are missing a seam stretcher. If you're a run-heavy offense, you want to try to back those opposing defenses off the line of scrimmage. They didn't really have that. Everyone is sort of, you know, close or, or whatever. Schwartz, if he can have a couple big catches early in the season or going into even the following season, defenses are going to have to account for him. You're going to have to put a corner. You might have to put a safety to watch that backs everybody off a little bit and opens everything up. It's not the be-all end-all pick but it is a nice extra so you can just send a guy and we know baker's got the arm to get him the ball one 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 hundred percent um but for as much as i know you could talk browns all day the other thing oh. i know you brought to me that you wanted to talk about was the overall fantasy impact for some of these guys because guess what folks i know it's may the 6th it's not single mm-hmm. bio anymore you gotta start <laughs> thinking you think fantasy even though drafts I got a notification last week, and I, hey, I already got a draft, I think, for like August 28th or something. So yep. I already got to start thinking. So what rookies do you see having big fantasy impacts so far going into uh, 2021? Oh, yeah. you guys. Now that the table is set, we got to really start thinking fantasy football. And I have an article, my article up now on sportsnet.ca, the fantasy football fallout and rookies to target. It's up my fantasy minute videos. Um on Sportsnet and at AndyMC81 on Twitter and Instagram at AndyMC Sports. I go position by position, a sleeper for each uh, position group. I think when we look at it, um, if we go with wide receiver, I, I have Anthony Schwartz as one of my sleepers uh, in dynasty situations. For dynasty leagues, I would want a share of Anthony Schwartz. This is interesting to me. Jamar Chase, who is my number one guy coming in, and Jalen Waddle, who is my number two. If I'm looking fantasy... PPR specific, I actually have Waddle above Chase because of the opportunity that's going to be there for him in Miami. This is a a chance for Tua. No excuses for him. He's got to prove what he can do and if he is going to be the the guy going forward for the Dolphins who have a lot of draft capital next year if they need to make a change at quarterback. So what does that mean? means for Jalen Waddle, who is used to that left-handed delivery, comes out different angle, right? That is re- reunites with Tua, and so Waddle, out of the slot, you blink, that guy's gone. I think he's going to be a PPR monster. I put above Jamar Chase, and the reason they say that is I kind of liken it to the Cowboys situation w- when they drafted C.D. Lamb last year, where you had Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper already. You put Lamb into the mix, and entering that year, it was, okay, how is the ball distribution going to go? And, of course, the, that Prescott injury happened, and things got off the rails a little bit, but similar with Cincinnati, right? If you're looking at the fantasy team, where do you put Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, teammates with Joe Burrow? Maybe the most important, how's Joe Burrow coming back from that knee? And the Bengals, I don't feel that enough to address that offensive line. They have no running game. 
So they're super one-dimensional on teams teeing off. So that's why I put Waddle a step ahead. If I'm looking long-term, I still think Jamar Chase is the better overall talent. But Waddle would be the guy who, if I'm in rookie drafts or keeper leagues, dynasty, whatever, early drafts, Waddle would be the guy I might want to look at if I'm if I'm trying to get a more immediate return than looking too far forward with what Chase could provide. Exactly. And I feel like uh, either Chase or Waddle, they're going to be those guys that are going to be there, say, in the fourth or fifth rounds of fantasy drafts. Like, not like last yeah, year, how yeah. I saw Edwards Alaire was going like top 10 in a lot of the leagues I was in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And if, for Clyde Edwards Alaire, it's all about the running back scarcity. Now, what I want to know where does Kyle Pitts get drafted? Because we know that tight end group, let's, let's look at it. It's Travis Kelsey, it's George Kittle, who's had trouble staying healthy, Darren Waller for sure. Then who? Is it Mark Andrews? Yeah, he dipped. Can't count on him. Is it Robert Tunyon? Look, when you look at the stats past those first, and you, you take Kittle out because he was injured, past Waller and Kelsey, you have top five tight ends with like 600 or less yards, or they needed to get 11 touchdowns like Tunyon, very TD dependent. It's so wide open. I wonder how high, when we see ADP, uh, going into these drafts, how high Kyle Pitts goes. Because it would not shock me at all if at the end of the year we see Kyle Pitts as a tight end four. Like The opportunity should be there for him in Atlanta if Julio Jones says Calvin Ridley got picked up. Why not? He's not going to be blocking. Get the man the ball. Exactly. Like I don't think people are going to be running to grab Hayden Hurst in their drafts. Like, I think oh. yeah. if, especially to hit his option declined, uh, I think, last week. But with you're right, though. Right. Between... Kelsey, uh, I'll throw in Waller. Even a Waller, I feel like he would have one game where he's great, gets like 25 points, and then the next game he's putting up like a like four or five. Mm-hmm. If Waller can figure out his inconsistencies, I feel like he'll be better. But even too, like I remember seeing that with guys like TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fant. Like they were putting yep, up yep. okay-ish numbers, but you really – if you want that heavy hitter, like uh, Kyle Pitts maybe the guy to go with because a lot of the times for tight ends, you see one go – they all go. I did it last year with uh, Travis Kelsey. But yeah, you, you got to take, you got to go into your draft with a game plan. Yeah. Are you going to be targeting one of the top tight ends? Because it might seem to others or in your mind that you're reaching and you're missing out on a wide receiver or a running back. To me, it's worth the risk. Um, I went with Travis Kelsey with my first round pick in one of my leagues last year. Now, TJ Hawkinson, you bought him up. I think there's a good chance he could be top five as well with Jared Goff there. We know they use the tight ends, um, or he he likes to use the tight ends, and Detroit didn't do much to address the receiver position. So Hawkinson should have opportunities. Uh, but yeah, like I would say, depending where you're picking, like, listen, if you're in a 12-team league and you're picking 12, uh, is, is Kelsey going to be there? If he is, you take him. Is Waller going to be there? If he is, you take him. Like, it it depends. Outside of... Maybe those top two, three picks. I think once maybe you get past pick three and where you're where you're going to take the RB1, the true bell cut, which, boy, did that get narrowed down again. We lost James Robinson. Thank you, Travis Etienne. Oh, poor Travis Etienne. That is the DeAndre Swift equivalent to this year. And DeAndre Swift just popped back up, by the way, with Kerryon Johnson getting the boot ski from Detroit. Yeah. But you have – that's the situation where DeAndre Swift, I loved in the draft, totally committed – Lost, you couldn't do nothing. And now you get Travis Etienne, who's just a game-breaker. James Robinson and Carlos Hyde. So we lose a, a true RB1 in Robinson. We really used to lose two because Etienne would be an RB1 in fantasy in certain situations. We gain one in Najee Harris to Pittsburgh, but we lose two. 
Yeah, which is not a good thing at all. Because, like, as soon as that Etienne pick happened, I was just like, oh, there goes Robinson's fantasy stock. I was like, Robinson, great wider pickup last year. And now it's yes. just, hey, do we, it's, you're going to be skeptical about taking him, but people are probably going to look at last year where it's like, hey, we'll take him. He had a great year last year. I've told people that for football. I'm like, you do not go year to year with football because stats just changed so much. We saw it, like, with New yeah. Orleans, for example, how. Michael Thomas, great 2019. Then Alvin Kamara had a great 2020 while Michael Thomas suffered with injuries. Yeah, and we look at, at the like the situation when uh, with running back committees in uh, Las Vegas. You know that gets that gets muddied. Um, for James Robinson, that one really confuses me because it's like it sort of reminds me of the Philip Lindsay situation in Denver, right? Where undrafted guy, amazing. Then they bring in Melvin Gordon. It's like, what are you doing? No, you can go with Philip Lindsay and it, and they, they cancel each other out. Same type of situation here. James Robinson, Pro Bowl, undrafted, cheaper. Like if you're looking salary cap, much cheaper than spending a first round pick on a running back. So that's, that's very uh, frustrating. I'll tell you a sleeper who I love at running back, Michael Carter with the Jets. And usually love and with the Jets don't go together. This case, I think it does. Because Tevin Coleman, we know, cannot stay healthy. Carter can catch. He can run. He can block. Better around the edges. Can go in between the tackles. But PPR, this is somebody you want a piece of. And Trey Sermon as well. Third on the depth chart with the 49ers. But again, injury type. Most are, Jeff Wilson were banged up a lot last year. Sermon gets in. That He's not a power rusher. But that's not what that 49ers offense is. It's outside zone scheme. That's what he ran. He can get to the outside. He can catch. Trey Sermon and Michael Carter, two guys you're going to be able to get later in your draft. Target them, get them on your team, because I think at some point you're going to be able to use them. I literally heard uh, Michael Carter's name come up today in a podcast because, like, I I totally blanked out that uh, Tevin Coleman left the Niners, and then they also like I yeah. heard Trey Sermon's name came up with Michael Carter. Though you're right, like Tevin Coleman's okay, and then P Ryan. I, I'm blanking on the guy's first name, but like Michael Carter is going to get bulk of the carries there, and then also to San Francisco, like you said, Raheem Mostert's good when healthy, but that's the big what mm-hmm. if. It's, what it's if getting older, too. Yeah, I think he's like 28, turning 29. Um, really had the one sort of pop year after being a journeyman. So, uh, you know, I, again, I think in dynasty situations, you definitely want to want a cut of Sermon and Carter. And in redraft leagues and in your regular fantasy leagues, those are guys a little bit later on when you're looking to fill out, looking at some depth. Those are going to be ones that I think maybe not to start the year, but you keep on your bench and maybe we're reaching week eight and all of a sudden uh, they get their opportunity and you're laughing because you got these studs sitting on your bench. Exactly. It's those picks that a lot of people go like, oh, what's going on? But you're just like, I got something going on. It's like last year yeah. too with uh, Justin Jefferson. Like the guy was just putting up points left and right. Absolutely. Oh man. What type of year is he going to have? Like this is the thing with those type of wide receivers. We saw it from DK Metcalf. You get hot the second half of the season. Year two, you go. Same offense in Minnesota. I think, yeah, Justin Jefferson, um, that, that guy is a WR1 with a shadow of a doubt this year. 100%. Even other guys I'm looking to potential for RB1 is uh, Jonathan Taylor for the Colts. I expect him to have a breakout year. And mm-hmm. hopefully Michael Pittman Jr. can take that next step and not be a wide receiver one, but more like a wide receiver maybe three on people's depth charts. Oh, I think that's, I think that's fair. Absolutely, especially with Carson Wentz, um, which you know, should be an upgrade. Everything's lined up for Carson. There's no excuses. He's no, no one's there to hurt his feelings. 
He's got his guy Frank Wright back. Uh, if he plays close to how he did in that Philly Super Bowl year, uh, Pittman is definitely a factor. Uh, Paris Campbell is interesting. I don't trust his health, but boy, that guy is just, I think, 23 years old. You know, he's been banged up a lot. Paris Campbell might be another sort of late flyer that people forget about that you might want. Maybe it doesn't work out. Maybe he can't stay healthy. But if he does, that's looking pretty good, too. Even, too, you can take Zach Pascal if you want as well. Sure. Oh, yeah. I, I always love – Zach Pascal's one of my favorite, like, DraftKings, like, utility guys or flex guys. I just sort of popping at the end value plays, you know, streamers for bye weeks. I love – there's always there's always a one part of the year, yeah, like, yep. Going with Zach Pascal, and then eventually he falls off. But he's always he's always had a lurking there, just just in case. Exactly, exactly. It's just that's what we have to talk about now and look forward to. It's fantasy, like fantasy football season. Hey, schedules out in less than a week. That's what I'm looking forward to. Mm -hmm. And the other news I saw today before we got out here is that illegal gambling may be uh, soon coming to Ohio. So next time you're on a trip, hopefully this fall. You know what? You can go to a sports book, play some bets, or even to set your yes, uh, yes. lineup with DraftKings. Oh boy, I I hope so. I hope I can get down there, man. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows with the world? I don't know. I hope. I hope that would be tremendous to be able to get down and back to uh, back to Cleveland. Uh, of course, I love that city so much. But man, yeah, lots of fantasy impact. Uh, lots of scenarios, and hey, OTAs are going to be certain, depending how many you know players uh, who participates where or whatever. But Rookie camps start May 14, uh, that, so starting next week. So we're going to be able to track. This is also for your fantasy team. You want to track. Who are these rookies? Who are maybe some guys you had your eye on? Maybe they look good. Maybe they don't. And this is where also we can start jockeying sort of position as those camps go on. Where We're on the depth chart. You know, does Jamar Chase with Cincy end up being like, oh, you know, we're looking. And, boy, he's he's getting a lot of. A lot of two reads. You know, is he above some? That's what you got to track as well. So lots of exciting stuff ahead. Exactly, exactly. Uh, you're 100% right, guys. And also, too, when the season does roll around, follow Andy on Twitter. He will give you fantasy advice. Helped me great last year. And Thanks, uh, Yeah, the Sunday fantasy corners you were doing uh, around 11 o'clock, 11.30. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Hey, any, any fantasy football question you guys hit me up, on Twitter at AndyMC1, Instagram at AndyMC Sports, and, you know, never never a bad time to talk football. Exactly. Andy's a great follow, guys. He knows his stuff. Uh, but, Andy, got to thank you for coming on once again to this edition of YWC Football Talk. It's been a blast, man. You have yourself a good day. And you know what, folks? Even though the draft's done and we're looking at that in the rearview mirror, we're one day closer to football Ooh. being back. Only about four months to go now. Oh, boy. It's going to be here before we know it. Anytime. Always happy to jump on with you uh, and, and talk some fantasy football and regular NFL. Love to hear it. Thank you very much for coming on once again, Andy McNamara. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have faults. He had the same amount of faults as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? 
Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast, NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.